Hello, friends. Welcome to episode 961 of the Juicebox podcast. Today, I'll be speaking with Lauren. Her sister, brother, and now daughter have type 1 diabetes. Lauren's daughter did the Omnipod 5 trial, and she's here to talk all about that and much more. While you're listening today, please, please remember that nothing you hear on the Juicebox podcast should be considered advice, medical or otherwise. Always consult a physician before making any changes to your healthcare plan or becoming bold with insulin. Get five free travel packs and a year's supply of vitamin D when you start using AG1 with my link, drinkag1.com forward slash juice box. Save 40% off your entire purchase of Cozy Earth products at CozyEarth.com. I'm talking about bedding, towels, and clothes, all 40% off with the offer code JUICEBOX at checkout. Save 10% off of your first month of therapy at BetterHelp, and all you have to do to get that is sign up through my link, betterhelp.com forward slash juicebox. This episode of the Juicebox podcast is sponsored by the Contour Next Gen blood glucose meter. You can find the Next Gen and all of the Contour meters at contournext.com forward slash juicebox. Your test strips may cost less, on that website, hmm, then you're paying right now through your insurance. Can you imagine that? Go check it out. Contournext.com forward slash juice box. Today's podcast is also sponsored by Touched by Type 1. Touchedbytype1.org. That's where you want to go to learn all about this great organization. Their goal is to elevate awareness for type 1 diabetes, raise funds to find a cure, and inspire those with diabetes to thrive. They have a, an event coming up. I'm sorry, I'm talking and clicking at the same time. They have uh, their big event coming up. The annual conference is on the 16th of September in the Rosen Shingle Creek Conference Center, Orlando, Florida. Go to touchedbytype1.org to learn more. I will be speaking at that event. I hope to see you there. If you're enjoying the show, please share it with someone else who you think might also enjoy the Juice Box podcast. And if you're listening online, consider finding a podcast app. They're free and a terrific way to listen. Apple Podcast, Spotify, Amazon Music, and more. Subscribe and follow today. Hi, my name is Lauren, and I have a wonderful husband, Jason, and I have two children. So Vivian is my oldest. She is 14 years old and is a type 1. She was diagnosed when she was 10 years old, and I have a younger son, who is 11 years old. Okay. So Vivian's the type one. Yep. Does the younger son have any autoimmune stuff? No, he just has like a little bit of skin issues, but that's it. And I did get the trial net for him, which was one of the scariest things yeah. ever. And he does not currently have the antibody. Right. So he has like eczema or, um, or something like that? He's yeah. yeah, he has, what's it called? It starts with an S. My brain is... <laughs> In a fog. <laughs> Don't worry. We'll figure that part. I'll, th I'll think of it like halfway through. How about, does he have, <laughs> are his seasonal allergies bad? No, they're not. Well, no. good for him. No. I hope he's okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know, right? <laughs> but Vivian's diagnosed four years ago. Yes. And this came out of the blue for you, or do you have other people in your extended family of type one? Okay. Well, good thing that we have a long time to chat. So uh, my brother and sister both have type one. Mm -hmm. I do not. So my sister is the oldest and she was diagnosed when she was eight years old. And I am admitting that she is 51 now. And my brother is the middle child and he was diagnosed when he was 11. So it's so funny because when they were younger, of course, it was called juvenile diabetes. And so I always was waiting till my 18th birthday because I was like, I'm, you know, once I turn 18, I'm not going to get diabetes. But, you know, now we know that that's, that's not true. That's, you lived so, your whole life thinking that? Like, I just have to make it to 18? Oh, yeah. my God. Absolutely. 100%. So I grew up with a brother and sister. And it was, 
it's it's so interesting because the way that we control diabetes now is so extremely different than it was controlled then. When I was younger, we had no sugar in my house, nothing. We didn't have any candy, no Halloween candy. It was a no fun house. <laughs> so my mom used to take, she used to buy Cheerios and Honey Nut Cheerios. And when she would come home, she would mix them right away because it was too much sugar in the Honey Nut Cheerios. And I would say, you know, because I was the youngest, well, can't I have the Honey Nut Cheerios? And she would say, nope, no one can have the Honey Nut Cheerios Lauren, alone. Lauren, your mom so... got a big metal bowl out. <laughs> And dumped a box of Cheerios <laughs> and a box of Honey Nut Cheerios, then mixed it up with her hands and put it back in the boxes. Wow. Right. To- yep. That was my childhood. We had nothing. There was a box of cookies that were stashed at the very, very top of one cabinet that I soon figured out that she hid for herself. And I used to go and steal a cookie every once in a while because it wasn't allowed. And the thing that's so interesting, and you know, I talked to my sister. Before this, of course, um, because we have a really great relationship, she used to talk about how she was always allowed to eat a ton of fruit, but no artificial sugar. And we used to always start our meals off with some sort of fruit. We would start off with like a grapefruit or honeydew or cantaloupe, and that's how we would start our dinner. So even though it was no sugar house, it was still a very healthy house, which actually has helped me in my adulthood. And, you know, when I had to leave the house, you know, for college, so I learned how to be a healthy person, but it was extremely restrictive. Okay. It's interesting. Do you have any idea why was she projecting health by starting a meal with fruit? Or was it something about the diabetes that she thought she was doing? Do you know? I'm sure she was just projecting health because I think I I have a feeling that when she grew up, they always started off with like a grapefruit or something. You know, we had those special little spoons that would cut the grapefruit up um, into the little slices. So I think that was something that she did when she was younger and that she just continued on. I imagine your mom, for some reason, in the backyard behind the shed where you keep the mower with a cigarette in that box (laughs) of cookies. (laughs) Just just like... No cigarettes, no no cigarettes. (laughs) Just like... I love cookies. These freaking kids got diabetes. Oh my God. I know. It was the Milano's too. It was the Milano's. Uh, And I remember just like savoring my one cookie and hoping nobody would see me eating it. (laughs) Have you ever asked her if she knew you were taking them? No, I never did. So my mom's actually not alive anymore. Uh, And that's also one thing that I think diabetes was also very hard to manage because she actually had breast cancer throughout my childhood. And so she got it when I was six. So think about having to juggle having breast cancer and having two kids with type one all at the same time. So I think in many ways, type one became a back burner. And because she had to, you know, really focus on staying alive herself as well. So my sister is, you know, just extremely mature, super smart. And I think she was just like, Julie, you can handle this. And, you know, I'm going to worry about me. And of course, like she was an amazing, wonderful person. But my sister had to take on a lot. You know, it was it was a lot as a child. And her what she started with as a young child, she really didn't see any differences in like using technology until she herself was like, I need a change because this isn't good for my body. Mm-hmm. So it, it was, it was a lot. <laughs> when you said your mom passed, was it a long time ago or did she, did she so, get through the breast cancer? And So she got breast cancer when I was six years old and then it came back twice. It had metastasized to her liver. So she ended up dying when I was 17. Wow. So, oh, yeah, oh, that's a long time ago. Was, but I'm so, so It was sorry. a long time ago. Thank yeah, you. I appreciate yeah. that. Yeah, it was a lot. It was a lot to deal with with two kids with type one and then having, you know, a struggle that was really difficult right. for herself. So were, were your parents married? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, okay. So, geez, 
Way to bum me out right away, Lauren. Jeez. Sorry. Uh, it's, I'm sorry. My friend uh, Sarah told me I'm supposed to make this fun and funny, so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We'll start hard with breast cancer, and then we'll just, yeah. we'll go into the fun stuff after that. <laughs> well, so your brother and sister have type 1, but did yeah. that mean when you had kids, did you think, oh, my kids might have type 1, or did you never think of it that way? No, I, ne- I never thought of it that way. And so when Vivian was diagnosed, I was so surprised. We were skiing up in New Hampshire and said she had to go to the bathroom. And I was like, all right, we'll just click out of our boots because we were at the base and she couldn't hold it in. And she was in the fourth grade. And I was like, that's so weird. Like, that's just not normal. And the drive down to Massachusetts where we live outside of Boston, it's only two hours and 15 minutes. And so she had to stop three times. Mm-hmm. So I called my sister the next day and I was like, this is so weird. And she's like, I know. And I was like, maybe it's just a, you know, a yeast infection, something like that. And we went to the doctors the next day and I was just shocked. But I have to say, like seeing my brother and sister grow up with type one, I was like, you know what? They have lived healthy lives. They both have children. You know, my sister was able to have children and they both went to top universities. So, and are extremely successful people. My sister has a PhD. My brother is, you know, very successful in his field. So um, (laughs) my sister has a PhD. My brother does not have a PhD. (laughs) PhD. (laughs) But there's, and the thing that my sister says is like, she was probably high for her entire childhood through high school And she still was able to be a successful person. And that's what I think is so important to think about. We have this amazing technology that makes our lives so much easier. And so I think about, of course, I can handle this. And, you know, because look at what they had to go through. Right. And we didn't have any of that back then. No CGMs. I mean, I can't even imagine what their levels were on a daily basis. And they're, you know, they're doing great. Well, I just, just now while you were talking, Arden is in college and Friday is her sleep in day. Mm-hmm. So they, she doesn't have classes on Friday and I, I'm assuming she's still sleeping cause she was up late last night working on homework and everything and her Dexcom numbers just disappeared. So really? I'm pretty sure that her CGM has lapsed, right? Like it, she needs a new one. And I texted her. I was like, Hey, is your Dexcom done? And she didn't answer me at all. So I'm like, oh, she's, she's still asleep. And wow. so I just texted my wife and I was like, hey, you got to reach Arden and try to find out what's going on because I think her CGM's shot. But anyway, it's, it is it is interesting because up until then, you know, I, I don't think I've looked at Arden's blood sugar maybe twice today. But when I looked at it, I looked at it, I watched, I'm, I'm seeing the algorithm working, keeping her blood sugar stable and all this stuff. And I'm like, oh, it's great. Everything's good. She's sleeping in and this is wonderful. And now I'm, I'm like, oh. So yeah, I better wake her ass up and, <laughs> and tell her to swap that CGM. Anyway, uh, well, that's real. I appreciate you telling me about the background. That's truly really something, actually. Your sister yeah. doesn't have any complications. She was one of the first people to start a pump. She was very lucky with. And so the problem now that she's having is she has a lot of spots that she can't use. And so when she started on the pump, they're like, you can only put it in your stomach. And so she has a lot of problems absorbing insulin. So she's currently taking a pump break. And I told her that, you know, she should try to get the Omnipod 5, but her insurance is not covering it. But that's the problem is the Dexcom slips off. And she was on the T-Slim and it's just not connecting properly. So she has to... She's just going to go through this right now and see how it goes. And maybe she could get onto the Omnipod 5 and find some new spots to use. But that's that's the problem that she's having right now. And so it's mm-hmm. it's hard. It's really yeah. hard. Well, she's had diabetes for, I mean, how long? 40 years, maybe? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, and so do you think she was using the same sites over and over again? Or has she just exhausted all of her possibilities? She's definitely used her stomach a ton and she has spots that are hard. She even tries to use her arm and she's got very muscular legs. And so Mm -hmm. it's very hard to use those as well. Yeah. 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 Stuff you don't think about. That's for sure. Okay. So so Vivian, boom, has diabetes four (laughs) four years ago. 
you yep. start with what technology four years ago? Well, so we are so lucky that we are a part of the Jocelyn in Boston and they are just, oh, they're so amazing. She was diagnosed in December and we were lucky enough, they said, to find it within one month, pretty much. And I could literally pinpoint the weekend when she said, I just, I just don't feel right. One month later, we were at um, Children's in Boston. And then right after that, we switched to the Jocelyn because we knew we wanted to be there. And our first first appointment, a week later, they're like, do you want a Dexcom? We're like, sure. Well, let's go on a Dexcom. And then three months later, we started on the Omnipod. And we have been on it ever since. Okay. Yeah, it's been great. Yeah. And then we were asked by our amazing nurse if we wanted to be in the trial. So it was started off as the Horizon. And we did that for... if. I think January, I know the beginning of 2020 was when we started it. So she will literally be on the Omnipod 5 for three years now. Wow. Okay. And that's obviously why you're here today. Yes. So let's talk about that. Don't forget to head to touchedbytype1.org to learn about the organization and get signed up for the big event on September 16th. Now, let's thank... Contour for making fantastic meters and tell you a little bit about them. Contournext.com forward slash juice box. I'm on the website right now. That's how fast it loads. It's lightning fast. Like the internet. Just like that. I'm sorry. Can we start over? Contournext.com forward slash juice box. Check out the Contour Next blood glucose meter and all of the great meters that carry the Contour name. It's a proud family, and they all boast second chance test strips. Now, where, why, why do I care about that? So you get a little drop of blood on your finger, and you come in there, you start to touch the blood with a test strip, but then, I don't know, you get distracted, you pull it away, you drop the meter on the bed. I don't know what happens to you, but you don't have enough yet. You're not done. You're going back. Well, you, usually with your meter, you're going to have to throw away that test strip, but not with contour meters. That's why we love these second chance test strips. Contournext.com forward slash juice box. Incredibly accurate meters that are easy to hold, easy to use, easy to understand. That if you want, we'll pair with an app on your phone to help you keep track of your data. But if you don't want to use the app, you don't have to. The light is bright at night. It is a perfect meter. This is my opinion, but we've only been using it for, you know, like four years. So why listen to me? Oh my God, there's a bug on my wall. I'll be right back. Okay. I've dealt with the bug and I'm back. Don't worry, I didn't hurt it. I released it into the wild. Contournext.com forward slash juice box. You need, you want, and you deserve an accurate blood glucose meter that is easy to use. I know CGMs are amazing, but you still need a meter and it should be accurate. Contournext.com forward slash juice box. Links in the show notes of the podcast player you're listening in right now. And links at juiceboxpodcast.com to Contour, to Touched by Type 1, and all the sponsors. When you click on my links, you're supporting the show. When you share the show with someone else, you are supporting the show. That's it. You want to get back to Lauren? All right, let's do it. Bye-bye, buggy. I'd like to understand what the trial was like, but moreover, I want to talk about using it every day for so long. So how, mm-hmm. how long did the trial last? Almost two years because there were some glitches in the beginning. So we had to go off it, I think for like a month or two months. Mm-hmm. I can't remember exactly. And it was very, very difficult to go back off and go back on the dash because we were sleeping through the night. I mean, it was <laughs> really amazing. You know, we didn't have to do a lot of correcting because the Omnipod would just do it for us. Yeah. So, yeah, but she was on it for that long. And Insulet was pretty awesome about giving us all the supplies that we needed. Mm-hmm. So it was it was fantastic. And we, we did different things. Like we did a diet challenge. We did an exercise challenge. And we had tons of phone conversations where they would just look at her information, all her graphing, and say, all right, well, I think we need to tweak this and we need to tweak this and see how this goes. So it was, it was a wonderful experience. 
wonderful. Is the system as it is now retail the same as it was during the trial? So when they had the glitch, I think that it was just producing too much insulin. They did not give me a ton of details. And that's why they had to fix it. Mm -hmm. And COVID had just really started. So we couldn't come into the office for the diet challenge and the exercise challenge. So we had to do everything in our house and just give them all that information. Right. So, but you, you know, okay. So you think the algorithm got a, it felt to you like the algorithm got a fine tuning in the beginning. Definitely. Okay. It definitely did. And so basically being on the, on the trial just means what reporting back data, telling them what she ate, what time she ate it, showing them graphs, stuff like that. Was that, was that it? Or what was there more to it? No, I didn't even have to do that. I just had to, she just had to be on the specific pods Mm-hmm. And we would have a phone conversation monthly, or I would come into the office, but because of COVID, it was yeah. mostly just phone. And they would look at her numbers, and they would do any type of tweaks and go from there. When they were tweaking, were you aware of what they were doing, or do you not even know what they did? Yes, because I had to change it in the PDM. Okay. So they were making settings changes, even though you were an auto? Yes. And that made a difference? Yep. But now you're a longtime user. Does changing settings impact auto? No, because they would, no, no. They would maybe change like the carb ratio or um, something like that. Okay. So I would just have to change something in it. Or they would say, you know, make sure that you're, you know, giving this much time before you eat. And we Vivian went to sleepaway camp in between, so we had to change the settings because of that. Okay, so there's just very small tweaks to like day to day to day life. They're collecting. Did they have access to her CGM data? Anything like that? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yes. So they through okay. Clarity. Yep. Mm-hmm. All right. So they're seeing all of that. They get enough data to submit to the FDA, I guess. And mm-hmm. then, do you? Isn't there a moment where the study's over and you don't get it anymore? They were so amazing. <laughs> so they they kept saying, it's going to be FDA approved. It's going to be FDA approved. And it took so long. So they just continued to let us use it. Oh, wow. And then when they knew that they were going to stop the trial, they made sure that I had all of the updated, the PDM that I had all of the updated pods so that I never had to transition back to the dash okay. that I had everything in place for her. It was fantastic. That's really it was lovely. amazing. Yeah, that's wonderful. Oh, and they kept saying to me every time, we just want to thank you so much for doing this trial. And I said, no, 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 no. Thank you. <laughs> I'm good. I'm sleeping. Was- yeah. <laughs> so- it was amazing. It was fantastic. So how would you describe Vivian's outcomes prior to Omnipod 5? Like where where was her A1C? What did her variability look like? Those things. So she was probably at like a 7.0 or 6.8. And so now it is, she's at like a 6.3 now. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. I'm very happy with that. You know, she's 14 and she hates to give herself insulin within the allotted time. So we really need to prep her um, about that. But she doesn't like taking out her PDM at school. She doesn't like to prepare as much as maybe I would like her to. <laughs> so, and Hannah, her nurse says, you know, Vivian, you're, you're, everything is so beautiful in our settings. Like you just have to give yourself time before you eat. And that's the tricky part. Yeah. She, so. she Does she... Do you think she forgets or do you think it's willful or like, how do you look? I at think that? she just forgets. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think that's what happens. Yeah. So. Focusing yeah. can be a little tricky. So, yeah. I don't think anyone thinks I should pre-bolus right now, but I'll do it later. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, I mean, you've, especially like, it's funny. You keep saying PDM because you've used, you've used. Omni-Pod I know. So I know. Long. I know. I'm not they, supposed to change They it. very much want you to call it a controller, but I, uh, I know, yeah. I know, I know. But that's yeah. no big deal. I, uh, but not the point. The point is, is that, I mean, I don't imagine your daughter's holding the controller and thinking I should be pre now, but I'm just not going to, it just doesn't occur to her. Like she's busy and they get lost in what they're doing. I think that happens to everybody, not just kids, but. Yes. And also when we were in the trial, the Dexcom, it, the controller needed to be near her because the Dexcom was also connected in there. 
Okay. But now she has the phone that's connected with the Dexcom. So she would have to, have to have her phone near her, not necessarily the controller. Mm-hmm. I, so, I Listen, I sent Arden a text last night that said, are you going to fix this blood sugar? <laughs> and, she's like, <laughs> and she's like, well, I'm doing my, I'm doing my homework, is, was her first response. And I went, that's fine. Bolus and continue to do your homework. And she's like, okay. And it, it felt like I just snapped her out of what she was concentrating on. Yeah. You, you know, because the thing's beeping in her ear, too. She's not not oh, hearing know. it, you know. Well, one a, a tip that one of, I think it was just a nutritionist at the Jocelyn told us to use an emoji so that you don't have to say, you, you need insulin, you need insulin, because it's not a badger. So we just use a unicorn because mm-hmm. we always think of like unicorn diabetes. So I sent her three unicorns and that's a reminder to take insulin. And I just, it, they say it's like a little less pushy. They mm-hmm. see the unicorn. Oh, wait, I have to check my number. And then Vivian takes insulin. Yeah. I sometimes, I, I don't always remember to bring it up, but you can look at your texts and read them a completely different way. Like you might just mean like, Hey, your blood sugar is high. Do something about it. And it could get read on the other end. Like, Hey, your blood sugar is high. Why aren't you doing something about it? Like that kind of thing. So, and you're trying to live your life and just quickly dash off a text message to somebody. Yeah. That's a great idea. I like the, I like the unicorn idea. That's excellent. So, um, go ahead. And she said, she said, you know, you decide what emoji you want to use together. Mm-hmm. And so we looked at that and we said, this one looks great. And so we know that that's, that's our code. Nice. It's excellent. Yeah. Very cool. So she's coming along. You think she's, I mean, I have to tell you, as somebody who just sent a kid off to college, it's a weird proposition. Like, like they leave and you're just like, uh, I don't, rem- I don't, now I don't know what they know. I can't see what they're eating. You know, like it took us a couple of weeks to figure out how just terrible the food at the cafeteria must have been. Because she suddenly needed more insulin for meals. We're like, what's happening here? And then she finally told me one day, she's like, Dad, I don't think any of this food is good. <laughs> I was like, okay. Uh, she's like, she's like, it all looks great. And there's plenty of variety and everything. But she's like, I just, I'm basically just at a bad restaurant right now. And, oh, that stinks. And I'm like, okay. So she actually, we had to send her insulin. I sent her to school with more than enough insulin to get her through the first 10 week period. She's in quarters. And she sent me a text like th- three weeks ago. And she's like, I'm going to run out of insulin before I come home. So I was like, wow. okay. So I contacted the doctor and had the doctor send her a script and all this stuff. But it's, it's solely because of the food that she has ex- access to. It's, re- it's really something. Yeah. And that's something actually. So Vivian has celiac as well. Okay. So she was diagnosed with that a year after which was super surprising because she didn't have, as far as we saw, she didn't have any stomach problems, anything like that. But what I've noticed is that everyone that seems to get celiac with type 1, it's asymptomatic. So you don't actually know that you have celiac unless you have a, a blood test. It can certainly, so that, certainly happen like that, yeah. Yeah. So, so Vivian has to eat gluten-free and we've changed our kitchen. So that's also a concern when she goes off to college in a couple of years. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, know and to that tell of course is this. totally different. Yeah, it's <laughs> totally different with carbs and you know the type of flours and starches that you use because they're just a lot heavier. Yeah, and do you find that celiac friendly foods are often more carb heavy? Very. Yes. Yeah, right. Definitely. Something about how they make them. Look, uh, not to scare you, but Arden's not at like you know some backroom college. You know what I mean? Like she's at a, <laughs> she's at a, she's at a nice place. And I remember walking through there on the tour thinking, Oh God, look how nice this restaurant is that they have set up for the freshmen, especially because my son went to a very old school. So, mm-hmm. you know, a small like school has been around for hundreds of years kind of thing. And as soon as he got there, he's like, Hey, the food here is terrible. Like really yeah. bad, like really bad. And I was like, oh, come on. Like, you must be kidding. And then they started sending us pictures of chicken that was pink and stuff. And he's like, how am I supposed to eat this? So he ended up supplementing his food all over the place, which was terrible because you're paying. Like, I don't want to shock people. (laughs) But when you send your kids to college, the food and, like, dorm 
cost is usually around fourteen thousand dollars a year, and and you know, and you're like, uh, and now he's like, I need money for food. I can't eat this food. Right. But he didn't have oh, diabetes, you know. So you're like, okay, whatever. I mean, I guess this is what it is. And but then, she, you know, when we got to her school and it was so nice and all the food looked so great, it was exciting. And then, I, you know, in the end, it's just you're basically just at a restaurant. That's really what it is. And I don't know if they sprinkle like sugar <laughs> right on the food, you know, or what they're doing, but everything hits her harder. So I, yeah, I'd, I'd be interested to know how somebody handles. Uh, a gluten-free diet at college. It'd be interesting to hear about, actually. So, anyway. Yeah, I don't know. You're going to find out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Omnipod 5 day-to-day for you. How do you just, like, if I, if I was just a friend and we sat down for coffee and I said, like, tell me why I want this, what would you, what would be the first thing that pop in your head? Well, it's, you know, I have, Vivian hasn't been on the Dash in so long, so you forget how difficult it was to be on there. So I can look at her number and she will just progressively come back to her 110. Right. So it's just, it, it's so amazing. And sometimes I do need to give it a little kick in the butt at night. If mm-hmm. she, let's say we don't dose enough for dinner, but it always goes back to that one number. And she just started swim team. Okay. So, and the activity mode is, just, oh, it is so amazing. So swimming is just, it's tough, tough work. Yeah. So we actually set it on the activity mode two hours before she starts swimming. And it can usually keep her above 70 for the one hour that she swims. Wow. wow. Yeah. So, yeah. And then, oh, sorry, go on. No, just you, you said something earlier. I don't want people to get confused. But when you said like we were using Dash and it was so much harder, it just, it's more intensive. Like it's like, it's like anything else. It, there's nothing automated. Your your basal runs constantly. Like you have to make more adjustments. You're more involved. Is that, is yes. that that's what you mean, right? Okay. So involved. Yeah. Right. And you know, I try my my parenting style is we try and be relaxed parents, not too relaxed, you know, mm-hmm. but to the point that we're not rigid. We're not on her case. If she is high, we we look at it. We we decide what we want to do. If it's best to take action and give a little bump of insulin or let it drop on its own. So yeah. we, you know, we want to be relaxed if we can. So it does it. It does it usually for us. Mm-hmm. So we don't have to, you know, push it. And sometimes we do push it too much and then she goes low and we learn from that. But I have to say after listening, I don't remember which one, which podcast it was from you that talked about not being scared to be low because my husband, he's so involved as well, but he would always get very, very worried about lows. Very, very worried. Like take a tab, take two tabs, you know, and then she would shoot up. And I said, I'm like, you just, you have to take it easy. You have to watch it because it cuts the insulin off. You have to remember if it's at 69, it's going to cut it off and then you're going to give her a tab and she's going to shoot way up. So he's finally realizing it's okay to be a little low and let's going to, we're going to take a breath and see where it goes from that. And that's, again, one of the great things about the device is that it, it looks at the number and decides what to do. It's been really interesting for me to watch you all online learn about algorithms together. And and I, I keep hearing people say over and over again, I've noticed that uh, I don't need as many carbs to treat a low on Omnipod 5 as I did previously when the, the way I was doing it. And it's it's interesting that that's the way people think about it. I, I get that that's why they would think about it that way. But the truth is, is that, you know, if you're in a regular pump, you're getting your basal every hour just it's happening constantly and if you end up low at three o'clock in the afternoon on a you know a pump that's not automated and you or you end up low at three o'clock in the afternoon on an automated pump how you got to that low are two completely different things so when you're on an automated pump that thing is seeing the low coming in the future and it's just taking away insulin like taking it away so for an hour an hour and a half prior you might have no basal going or something like that and then a tiny bit of sugar just, boom, shoots you right up again. Whereas, yes, whereas yes. on a regular pump, 
even, you know, you'd end up at that low, but for the two hours prior to that, you'd still, whatever your basal rate is every hour, you would, would be getting it unless you manually stepped in and took it away yourself, which is, you know, what I was doing before Arden was, you know, using an algorithm. And it, it's very intensive because when you watch the algorithm work, you can see how frequently it's making decisions. It's like, God, was I doing stuff that often before? You know, like, it's crazy to think about. I hope everybody who can afford it finds it, like algorithm popping yes. in general. It's a really big yeah. deal, you know. That's cool. Yeah, it's it's amazing. That I mean, I just I feel so lucky to be, you know, on the, to have Vivian on the five and Yeah, for sure. It it just it's it makes her life a little more normal, right. which is great. It's interesting that you're like you're the more in the low situation, you're the one that's like, just wait. And your husband was the one that like, no, no. like usually it's flip flopped. Yeah. Yeah. Is yeah. It- but that'll happen at night. It she'll be at like 69. And I'm, and I just say to him, it, it's around like, like nine o'clock at night. And I'm like, just wait, just wait. Let's, let's see where it goes. And it'll go to like 67. And I'm like, just wait again, just wait again. <laughs> so, and, and it usually goes up and then, and then we're set for the night. We don't have to wake her up. And it's really fantastic. Right. You see, you'll hear me talk in other situations where I'm like, you know, the way you treat a low blood sugar has a lot to do with what kind of low it is. Is it like a drifting low? Is it like just sitting low or is it falling fast, you know, with a bunch of insulin behind it? And it's, it's so if you, if she was falling fast, you would do something at 69. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, If she was falling fast. And, and the other thing that is, we use sugar mate. And so I actually set it up in my room as a nightlight. And so I, I turn my, turn my phone sideways and I set it up so that I can see her number. Mm-hmm. And the other night she dropped 20 points. And we looked at that and we said 20 points because it'll actually say the number and it'll say minus 20 right. or what the drop is or what the, how, it, how, how much is going up. And my husband was the one that said, I don't think that she would have dropped that much in so quickly. And so I just pushed her over and it was just a compression low. And I, I didn't do anything. We waited till, you know, that we saw the next number and realized that it was. And so if we had treated it, she probably would have shot up like crazy, but we just, you know, it's all about the process, right? You have to just be able to stop and think and not pounce. Yeah, no, I mean, the first time you see a compression low on a CGM, it's scare the hell out of you, that's for sure. But after you've seen it a couple of times, you're like, oh, that feeling from your husband, I completely understand. Like, like, you start going over it in your head, like, there's no active insulin right now. Like, it doesn't make sense that she would drop that fast, like, from this. Like, maybe she's just laying on the sensor. And by the way, maybe when the G7 comes out, maybe compression lows won't be as frequent for people, too. So, that'd be exciting. Oh, that's very exciting. Yeah. Well, they wouldn't. They, we weren't allowed in that study at uh, the Jocelyn. They did it in a week. <laughs> you weren't allowed. Did you so, try? No, I wasn't asked to be in that uh, one. So after you did such but, a nice job on the other one, that would have been great. But I also have to say they're also doing another study right now. It's called Diabetes, and it's so exciting because it's just you can choose a peer or someone that else has di- that someone else that has diabetes, and you just create. It becomes a friendship or a mentoring situation. So we're doing that now with Vivian. So we're just trying to make her a healthy, healthy person physically and mentally. And I just hope that other people are doing this as well, just to create a community. And I know that you're creating a community. And so it's nice. It's really, it's so important to think about their health physically and also mentally. They're actually doing a study where they partner you up with another type one to see if it benefits your health. Yeah. Oh, that's really cool. That's a great that's, idea. Yeah. I I'm know. actually have done that study already right here. It's called this podcast, but I, I, I can give you, I can give you the data when people talk to each other. It goes way better. Um, I, there's a whole, uh, I was going to say underground, but that makes it sound seemly, but that I didn't, I didn't realize at first that people were meeting each other in the Facebook group and then creating their own relationships that I don't see in the Facebook group, but that apparently happens frequently. So that's I'm, great. Yeah, it's a similar idea, but that's a really great thing that they're doing that as a study. I, I can't. Yeah, I'm, I'd be interested to hear what, what comes of that. How long did they do that for? Well, we were just interviewed this past week, so we're waiting for our match, but it's going to be a six month study, a six month study. OK, mm-hmm. and they're setting it up like a dating app. They want to make sure you're going to get along. Yeah, oh, that's really cool. Yep. 
That's so bad. she wants to meet someone that is her age. Yeah. So she, you know, she could have chosen someone younger um, to be a mentor and they wouldn't have had anyone older than I think like 17 with her, mm-hmm. but she wants to be with someone that's 14 or 13. So she's 14. Does she, I hate to, I, so I'm so sorry to ask you, but she gets her period. Yes. Oh, and that's the other thing. So I remember, so she was on, she was in the trial when she got her period. And I remember emailing the nurse because my sister had said, once Vivian gets her period, you know, you're going to have to have a whole different setting set up in the controller. And I emailed the nurse and I was like, Vivian just got her period. We need to talk because we have to change all of her settings for it. And she's like, nope, no, you don't. You're not touching it because it will do it for you. Hmm. And that's your so, finding. It's working. Yeah. That's amazing. We don't change anything. That's really terrific. It really is. I know. Yeah. Well. And, may, and even just... when she's sick, too. I mean, we just add in a little extra insulin if needed. And, you know, we yeah. just follow protocol. I Just let me slip this in right here, Laura. Uh, Omnipod.com forward slash juice box. If you're interested in learning more about the Omnipod 5. I need the clicks, Lauren. Uh, it's, uh, yeah, I got it. Yeah, Lauren, it's a it's a real thing. The um, you might not realize it, but if you don't have advertising, you can't keep a podcast going. So, uh, <laughs> if you guys are like, "Oh, I'm gonna definitely get that," just get it with my link, please. Uh, doesn't make me rich or anything like that. It just keeps them buying ads. You know what I mean? Like, I don't get paid yeah. every time one of you buys an Omnipod, but it definitely makes it easier. Forget Omnipod, any of the advertisers. This is, uh, by the way, it's this time of year for me. So it's so at the top of my head right now. This is the time of year where you go back to your advertisers and say, hi, here's what we did this year together. You know, here's how the podcast has grown. Are you interested in doing this some more? Because, and it's it's such a scary thing because if they go, no, you know, we're done. Thank you. Then you don't get the podcast anymore. And I, I by the right. way, I have to go get a job. And so, um, <laughs> which I don't know what I'm qualified to do anymore. And I don't think I've, I've looked on LinkedIn and podcaster doesn't pop up very frequently. <laughs> so, um, but, but it's a, it's a very weird, like anybody who has their own business or does, I mean, this is basically sales in a weird way or does sales for themselves. You know, that feeling of like, what happens when they say no, you know, like what happens when they're done and, I think if I'm not mistaken, everybody's back in for 2023, which is completely to do with the fact that you guys listening use the links either to look at the stuff or to look at it and then buy it. And it, it's what keeps the podcast going. So I appreciate it. That's great. I, I want to look into that GVO hypo pen. GVO hypo pen. Don't. Thank you. You're Sorry. very welcome. That, there I would definitely get yelled at if, <laughs> if I Sorry. didn't say <laughs> um, uh, so, uh uh, you know, we just did a whole episode about that. It's not out yet. Jenny and I did it together in conjunction with Juvoke, actually, because I said to them, I just don't think people know how to use their their glucagon. I don't think they know. I, I uh, Oftentimes, I don't think they know why it's important. Oftentimes, I don't think they carry it with them, uh, you know, or they think they know. And then, you know, the shit hits the fan and it turns out nobody was paying attention, like that kind of stuff. So we did this did this episode together to really like walk through what the pen is, how it's built, how you use it, you know, and I'm, I'm proud of it. I can't wait for it to come out because I interviewed a woman recently who needed a rescue device and her husband was not all that helpful when she needed him to be Mm. like, he got through it, but he, it was became clear afterwards that he, he kind of didn't understand the bigger picture. So anyway, I love very scary. Yeah. 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 No, it's terrible. I love, I, I genuinely, I mean, I went after Gvoke for ads when it came out because I saw the form factor and I thought, oh, I can actually send this with Arden. Like, she'll carry this. Like, this will really be helpful. Like, uh, her friends could handle this. That's how it made me feel. So That's um, great. Yeah. Yeah, we practice on the expired one. The lily kit, the red box. Yeah, we practice on the expired. We use the expired one. They are going to stop making, they're going to stop making them in a month. Really? Yeah, there's a date in December 2022. I think that's the date. Um, and that's it. They're not making them anymore. Wow. So pick a new glucagon. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And that, I mean, that makes sense to me when you look at how that works, you know, you pull out that, it's that big syringe and then the, the liquids in the thing. And you gotta, I think, don't you have to twist it on and then you have to put the 
the liquid into the powder and then you have to mix it yes. up and then you have to draw the liquid back out. Then you've got to like jam it like the muscle in your butt. And it's like a lot, you know, and now I actually have a trainer pen in front of me from Givoke and you just, you like, it's a red cap. You pull it off, you go to the skin where you're supposed to do it. You press the yellow thing to your thing. And that's it. It's over. Yeah. yeah you know, like that's it's amazing. Uh, yeah. That's a, a long way from mixing liquids. I mean, can you imagine if you and your, if your daughter was out with her friends and there's a bunch of 14 year old girls and the, I mean, what are they going to do? You know what I mean? 14 year old boys, 14 year old kids. Like, I don't know. I didn't know what to no. do the first time Arden needed it. So I don't know what kids are going to do, but anyway, it's very scary. Yeah. Very scary. Okay. So tell me why you wanted to come on. Like, am I covering it or have I not gotten to it? <laughs> no, I just think that I just wanted to talk about, uh, I was my experience. And I just want people to realize how lucky we are to have the technology and the resources that we do now and the communities that we have, because it wasn't like this when I was growing up, you know, they, they didn't have the resources. They didn't have the technology and my brother and sister are doing great. I mean, there's, they, from what they had from my sister going on one shot a day, you know, using cows, pigs, insulin at that time. She's doing really wonderful. So I think we just have to thank our lucky stars for what we have now and realize that it can it can be okay. Yeah, and build know? on it too, right? Like, because, I mean, as well as your brother and sister are doing, they must wonder, like, what if I was diagnosed now with algorithms and, you know what I mean? Like, like, it's, you're never going to know, but your daughter's going to know. I mean, it's going to be, it's going to be 40 years from now one day. And, you know, your daughter's going to be sitting around telling stories about you and, you know, her diabetes and hopefully her kids won't have it, but they might. Right. Like, and then, you know, who knows what they'll, what they'll manage with at that point. I know. yeah. Yeah. So, and we just, you know, the thing that I also have realized is, when Vivian was diagnosed, that it's always it's always okay to to be upset and you know to have a little cry. But I feel like everybody's got something, and that's what I think everybody needs to realize. And even though you might not physically see things that people have, they may have things happening emotionally and mentally. And everybody's got something, yeah. and so you can feel sorry for yourself, but you just have to push through and know that. Everybody at some point is going to go through something and we just have to be appreciative of the things that we have mm-hmm. and, you know, just try and be our best self. Do you think you learned that from your mom, from her situation? I do, because she was always an extremely positive person. I mean, she was going through cancer treatments and still working every day as, you know, an elementary school teacher because she she wanted to be with the kids and she didn't want to be sitting at home. So I saw how she pushed through and never, ever got upset. She just always had a plan. She always had goals. And so I just think it's important to never sulk. It's okay. I mean, it's always okay to like have a little cry, but even leaving, you know, children's after Vivian was diagnosed with diabetes and then celiac you look around and you say you know what we can handle this like we can do this as a team together and look at all the positive things that we have in our life and we're going to push forward so I just always try and think about the positives and you know try and not be that negative nilly because it's not it doesn't help anyone it doesn't help anyone to be a negative person just try and push forward think about the positives and lean on people. Yeah. I have so many people on that have problems well beyond diabetes and to hear their attitude. I'm always like, wow, that's amazing. You know, I, I, there's an episode that will be up probably before this comes out, but I don't know with a, with a woman who's a quadriplegic as a, as, as a younger woman. And it's from a medical mistake on top of all that. And then she gets type one like a year or so later. I mean, crazy. Like, you know, when you hear oh, her talk, I saw her on, I saw her on the web. On, yeah. Yeah. Well, I we've, saw her on Facebook. Yeah, yeah. Well, we've recorded together. And I mean, when, when you talk to a person who is a quad, who is still out like 
on like rides, like out riding bicycles and, you know, that they're obviously modified for her. But then she tells you that she has to, you know, herself manually put something in her ass so she can defecate. Like, you know, like you're like, wow, right. what am I arguing about? Like, like what is yeah. it I'm complaining about <laughs> today? Exactly. And she's not complaining. You know what I mean? Right. Like, she's not telling the story like, here, you want to hear something terrible? And I'm busy, like, you know, I'm like, I got COVID and I'm coughing a lot. <laughs> Bitching. I bitch, right. I bitch every day about it. Like, I, I I went into a, um. my wife, who is sicker than I am, was like, I don't care. Shut up. But I'm like, why do people <laughs> even need to be sick? And she's like, what are you talking about? She's like, if you want to philosophize about this, go on your freaking podcast and talk to people about it. She's like, stop telling me. But I'm like, I'm like, why do we even get sick? Like, why does that happen? And she goes, well, Scott, you know why? And I'm like, I know, but like, I'm like, big picture. Like, this is an argument against the creator, by the way. <laughs> so like, I'm like, why do I, like, why does your mom get breast cancer? Why does, yeah. you know, why does your daughter get type 1 and celiac? Like, why does my daughter uh, have type 1 and have trouble digesting food and have to take a thing to help her? Like, like all that stuff is just, it's horrible. I don't know, right up until you hear a girl tell you about her suppository and then you go, all right, I, I guess I, I, maybe I should shut my mouth. You know what I mean? And I used to have that right. feeling. You brought up the children's hospital. When Arden was first diagnosed, there were no satellite offices for her children's hospital. There are now. And gratefully, we don't need to go all the way into the city anymore. I'd walk in there and I was in charge of all that. Like I would take Arden to all of her appointments. And sometimes I would tell my wife, I'm like, that place is so freaking depressing. You know, yeah. like there are so many sick kids in there and it's not just diabetes. It's like so many other things on so many other floors. And then I just, I learned not to think of it that way anymore. Like I stopped thinking of it as like, oh God, there's sick people here. And I started thinking about it more like yeah, these people are still all living their lives, you know, and they're doing things. And, right. You know, I see it that way now. And these amazing hospitals are there to help them get well. Yeah. As well as they can. And that's, that's what I think we have to think about, like how we can push above and, and make ourselves better. And that's, that's what I'm trying to do for Vivian. I'm trying to make her a strong person who advocates for herself. And, you know, and I said to her, I said, you know, childhood can be tough, but this is going to make you a stronger person. It's going to make you a stronger adult. And that's what we have to think about. How can I advocate for myself? How can I be better? Mm -hmm. And, and that, that can be tough, but we have to use the tools that we have to, to do that. Nah, it's a great message. I really, I appreciate you coming on and sharing it with me. Am I, am I missing anything else? I want to make sure we're not, I'm not missing anything for you. I know we, we had no, a little... I mean, I, I wasn't as funny as I was told to be. Well, not funny at all, but my friend, Sari was just, she was so excited. She wanted to be the person that was chosen. <laughs> oh. <laughs> well, so... I, I, I did, I, 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 I did set up a number of different Omnipod 5 conversations. So I've been recording yeah. them over the last couple of weeks and now I'm going to try to like put a gap in between. But I mean, you are just a slam dunk because Vivian's been using it for so long already. Like if there oh, was, yeah. I mean, the fact that you are not in any way tied to Omnipod and, and she's been using it for three years. And I tried a thousand different ways to ask you questions that could have led you to say like, I hate that thing or it does this wrong. Oh, no, you you no, feel very good amazing. about it. Yeah, no. It's but, amazing. And I see that some people put online, they're like, I hate the five and I'm just like, I love the five. Like it is amazing. It is. I can't say any, anything no. more positive it, about it. I just, I love it so much. I mean, I will hope, you know, hopefully there will be something better in you know, a couple of years, but this is, this is so fantastic for mm. us and it's our normal. It's, you know, it's great. Aside from Omnipod five, just technology in general, or even using insulin, there, I mean, I just answered a, an, I just answered a post online, and the, and it's a twenty-four hour graph that just goes from like, it goes from like fifty to four hundred over and over again, and the person's just like, I said, I give up, and I look and I think, eh, your settings are wrong, you're not bolusing right for meals, like I can kind, of, I, I don't know anything about you, and I can see that much here, but they don't like. That's not how it hits you when it goes wrong. Like when you can't get your CGM to connect or when you like have a problem with technology or whatever, you don't think like, I'm probably not doing this right. Or maybe there's a variable at play that I'm not aware of, or maybe I'm not hydrated. And that's why my CGM doesn't work. Nobody thinks that they just look at the thing and they go, this thing sucks. It doesn't work. You know? right. And it's just, you know, like 
I'm not saying that there aren't some people who have those problems that might, you know, legitimately have that outcome. But for the grand, you know, for most people, I hate to say this, you're just, you're doing something wrong, you know, and, and you got to figure out what that thing is. And I know that's Absolutely. easier said than done, but that's, I think is the truth. Well, and when we first started in the trial, they're like, just let it work. You're not going to touch anything. We couldn't make any adjustments. We could not give any extra insulin. They're like, you have to let it learn your body. How long so, do you think that, that time was for Vivian, the learning? At least a month, I think. Month. I mean, it was so long. It was so long ago. During the whole trial, they said you cannot touch it unless, I remember in the very beginning, we were sitting in a car ride and she was just going so high. And so I called the doctor and I said, I don't know what to do because you told me that I couldn't touch it. Mm-hmm. And she's like, okay, you know, we're just going to give it a little bump, a little wake up call. And so sometimes we were able to do that. We would just kind of give like a little bit of insulin, like a unit, just to be like, hello, are you here? And, and it would work. Yeah. Well, see, you were in the trial, so you had different like marching orders, but people who use it now when they're training it, it, the commonplace, right? If your blood sugar goes up, you give more insulin so that the algorithm learns like, wow, I need my total daily insulin is more than what I expect here. Right. Which is right. that whole algorithm is based off of total daily insulin. Like that's, right. that's kind of the measurement it, 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 it's thinking about when it's making decisions. So that's amazing. Um, do you think if I asked Vivian about it, she'd say anything or do you think she'd just be like, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> I think, I think she real she realizes how great it is. Also in the fact that like at, one point she didn't want to do the diet trial. She didn't want to do, or, you know, though there were some sessions that we had to do with exercise and I said, Oh, that's fine. You know, we don't have to do this. Let's just go back to the dash. And she's like, Oh, Oh, okay. We'll do it. (laughs) Well then in that case, (laughs) so she knows. Yeah. I've, I've, there's always little moments with Arden where you'll, you know, uh, more recently I saw it with uh, this. She's taking a digestive enzyme when she's eating, which is really helping her. It was, I don't know, a few weeks into me being like, you have to take this every day. Just do it because we're seeing how it works, you know. And then one day, I think I've said this already, but Kelly and her were going out to, they were going to go shopping and look for stuff for college. Then they were going to get lunch and they left the house. And then like two minutes later, Arden came running back in. She goes, oh, I, I forgot the enzyme. And nobody reminded yeah. her about it. She was, it, it, she, she knew this is important. And I'm seeing, I'm seeing the benefit from it. That's when you can tell right. they know. Yeah, kids are just like, you know, they're blase. Like, you're all excited about it. She's probably like, I was sleeping fine no matter what. <laughs> it was that well, lady she, and her husband who were up all the time. <laughs> yep, yeah, yeah. yep. But now that she's 14, we talked about how she really has to start being more accountable for herself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, Arden's taking care of herself at school overnight and everything. And it was interesting, like, as she lived here before college, she'd be like, I don't hear it. Like that kind of thing. Like, I don't know. Mm-hmm. You have to help me. And then the minute she got there, she's like, I heard it. Like, you know, like, it's, and there's still some nights she gets, I mean, I'm not going to lie. Like I pay attention to it for, her. you know, I, right. I, I texted her last night and I said, I woke her up and I was like, you're high. You need insulin. I've, you know, I've texted her and said, Hey, I think you're going to get low. And she doesn't answer. And I call and I wake her up, but it's only happened a handful of times. And there have been times that she's woken me up and said, Hey, I just drank a juice. I wanted you to know I'm okay. So I'm like, oh, wow, that's great. That's really cool. So, anyway. yeah. And when Vivian was, is at sleepaway camp, she has to really take care of herself with the help of the counselors. But the, she can hear those alarms at camp, yeah. but <laughs> she can't hear them when she's in her bedroom upstairs. Is that a diabetes camp or just a regular camp? Just a regular camp. Okay. So how, she tried a diabetes camp, but it, it just wasn't for her. Mm-hmm. How, so, how, how long is I, she away at camp when she goes? Uh, four weeks. Nice. Yeah. And my sister went to diabetes camp, you know, a thousand years ago in New Jersey. She went to Nijetta. So she still talks about how that was a wonderful experience for her. Yeah. Every every person who's 30, 40, 50 years old who's had diabetes for a long time who comes on and talks about camp, they're like, they still know people from there. And it was their mm-hmm. whole, that was their whole diabetes uh, circle at that point. People you met for a couple yeah. of weeks at a camp. And so that's a great idea. I mean, it very similarly is the, the, is the the trial that Vivian's in right now where you get a buddy, you know? So it's, it's the same idea. Right. It's right. Idea. Well, Vivian also had two other boys in her grade at school that had diabetes. 
And it was wonderful because she came in back from the hospital in the fourth grade. And, you know, one of her classmates is a type one. So all the kids already knew about diabetes because the mom came in and she Mm -hmm. did a whole lesson for the kids when they were younger about him and diabetes. And so then when she moved into the middle school, there was another boy and he had type one. So she's like, hey, I got a crowd. I have, you know, it's three of us. (laughs) We're we're almost up to a basketball team that gets shaky at halftime. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Yeah. But both boys left. They went to private school. So now she's the only one. Oh, well, that's, so. uh, I'm sure she'll meet more people. Not that I'm, that sounds yeah. like I'm like, oh, don't worry. More people, get, <laughs> more people will get type one and your daughter will meet them. How can we but, add to this crowd? Yeah. Oh, that's really <laughs> wonderful. All right. Well, I, I really yeah. appreciate you doing this. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me on. I hope it was, hope it was helpful. It really was. Did you, are, do you, so I know you said you thought you had to be funny and you don't think you were, but yeah. do you think you're funny in your regular life? I do. I do. My husband's super funny. So I, I, I think I'm a little clever. My son is super clever and he gets it from my husband's side, but I like to be funny. I like to have fun. Do you want to tell a joke? So, or again, something? it yeah. adds just, it just adds, you know, more positivity and helpfulness. Yeah, my son gave me a joke, but it wasn't funny at all. But you know what he did is because he he went onto my Facebook and he would find pictures of himself and go onto my account and he would write my favorite with a heart of his, you know, with his picture. And so I was like, oh, you know, that's funny. Ha ha. And I would make like a comment in the bottom. And my mother-in-law her friends and her sister were like, I can't believe Lauren. Like, she's so rude. Like, poor Vivian. Like, how can she, how can, how can she post all of these photos of, of, you know, her son and how he's her favorite? And I was like, are you serious? Do I really need to post something that says it was him? It wasn't, you know, me and a lot of people, even some friends texted me and they're like, I really thought that you were posting those photos, of Jonas <laughs> and, <laughs> and saying that he was your favorite. And I'm like, really? And there was like misspellings and everything uh-huh. in there. Like you can't but, tell uh, this is a child. <laughs> like, is this what you think of me? Uh, yeah. My, my so fr- that's how our family rolls. Yeah. My friend, Mike, who I've talked about on the podcast a number of times when we were young and growing up, he had an uncle named Frank and Frank had a way of telling like big long bad jokes and the jokes weren't funny but he was incredibly funny like he would like I I could tell I, I'm not going to bother you with it but there's a joke about a three-legged pig that he would tell that is it's not funny but mm-hmm. so entertaining to watch him tell it and I remember as a kid we would try to like retell the joke to people because if you could get people interested or actually make them laugh and they weren't laughing at you, you were doing something because the joke itself was just not good. He used to tell this. It's so dirty. I can't tell you. It's about a piano player, but uh-huh. there's no way for me to say it here. Like, it's just so full of vulgar words, <laughs> but um, again, not a funny joke and long right. and boring. And it like, it, it's, there were times where you're like, is this going to end? Like the joke, but not him telling it. Him telling it, you could have listened to for an hour. So anyway. Uh, all right. Well, anyway, I thought you were terrific. I, I don't know why anybody told you you needed to be funny. I thought you were really good. <laughs> so um, I appreciate it. Can you hold on one second for me? Yeah. Thanks. An out-of-work piano player walks into a bar. No, I can't tell you that joke. I just can't. I I could tell it. First of all, I wouldn't do Frank any justice. And secondly, the whole thing would just be beeps for like eight minutes. Take me longer to beep it out than it would to tell it. Let's thank Contour and remind you to go to contournext.com forward slash juicebox to check out all the Contour meters. I want to thank Touched by Type 1 for being longtime sponsors of the Juicebox podcast. And of course... I want to thank Lauren for coming on the show and telling us that terrific story. Thank you so much for listening. Oh, wait, I have more to say. I'll wait till after the music. I just wanted to tell you about the private Facebook group, which has 40,000 members in it, and remind you that you need some community around your diabetes. And my Facebook group is the place, Juicebox Podcast. 
type 1 diabetes. Now, that's the name of the private group, Juicebox Podcast. It's actually a little colon then, type 1 diabetes. Now, even though the word type 1 diabetes is in there, there's type 2s there. There's a lot of, there's actually a ton of people. Um, kind of 50-50 between caregivers and adults. Beautiful group. It really is. It's, it's a great place. I hope you check that out. Then there's a page, Juicebox Podcast. The page is the public thing. That's something anybody can see. The group, you have to answer a couple of questions to become a member of so that, you know, we can prove that you're a real person. But follow the public page, join the group. This is a good way to keep up with the podcast. All right. And don't forget to subscribe and follow in an audio app, Amazon Music, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, stuff like that. Thank you so much for listening. I'll be back very soon with another episode of the Juicebox Podcast. If you're interested, I left um, the few minutes that Lauren and I spoke before we started recording. Mainly, you're going to hear about my COVID and some stuff like that. Each other most of the time anyway, so both of us trying not to pass our illnesses back and forth to each other. Yeah, I heard that's it stinks. It just actually Vivian had um, we had COVID a couple of years ago, and she actually ha- was in hospitalized hospitalized six weeks after she had COVID because she got MISC. Hmm. What's that? Which is multi inflammatory system condition. And so what it does is it affects the heart and lungs. And so we were up in New Hampshire because my my son is on a race team. And so we were up there and she had a fever and the doctor's like, just give her Tylenol, Advil. She didn't get better. And she had this horrible fever. We rushed her down to the ER. Hmm. And so it affects the heart and it affects the lungs, but she's fine now because we got her there, you know, in enough time, yeah, but it wow. was really. <laughs> no, I, I woke up this morning and my wife was propped up in bed and I was like, did you sleep? And she's like, not really. And, she, oh. and she's had it for like, like three or more weeks. Like she, really? she got it. They gave her some drug that knocked it down. And like six days into it, she's like, oh my God, I'm better. She was testing negative. She's like, this is crazy. Yeah. And then we let her back into the house, which was our mistake. Because then, like, a day and a half later, she's like, I don't feel good again. And then by yeah. then, my son and I were like, oh, shit. Like, so then we started feeling weird, like, for a week off and on. Like, kept having those moments where I'm like, am I getting sick? And then I was like, oh, no, I'm not. I'm good. And then he he felt the same way. And then we both got sick on the same day, like, two weeks ago tomorrow. I think sometimes those medications, they extend it because then you can get, like, you know, it can come back. Yeah, she 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 researched it more now and said, I wish I wouldn't have taken that. So, right. But my son and I have gone through it. We're still like, you start coughing out of nowhere, or your throat gets really dry for no reason for like 10 minutes, then it's gone. You're like, what what the hell was that? You know, like that kind of stuff. I recorded an episode three days into COVID Mm -hmm. uh, that I had to record. It was like a business thing. And I mean, I was on a call with six people. And I looked like I was kicking heroin while I was doing it. Like I was yeah. just like, like it was like pouring, like, like sweat was just pouring off of me the entire time I did it. And other than that, I was okay. Like, right. I, you know what I mean? It was just the strangest thing. I wasn't coughing. I wasn't sneezing. My head wasn't congested. I was just, I was sweating like I was in an oven. And the people I know must've been looking at me like, oh my God. <laughs> I tried to He's say. He's a little I'm, stressed. Yeah. I'm like, I'm like, I'm sick. And they're like, okay, are you sure? <laughs> Sure, you just haven't been away from the needle too long, buddy? Because I was just like, ah, it was really something. Anyway, Thanks. you'll introduce yourself any way you want to be known. Okay. And then we'll start talking, and then it'll be over. So it's. So I don't have much. anything else that I need to add or talk tell you about before we start. No, we'll find out while we're recording, so people learn it together. Okay. That All makes right. more sense, right? Okay. So yeah, uh, you don't need to use your last name. Don't feel pressure about that, but just introduce. Okay. Yourself. Yeah.